It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I'm Paul Dottino. He's Super Bowl champion Howard Cross. I'm at Giants WFAN. He's at Howard Cross 87. And we'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football with you at 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can always remember that you can get this show on the archive later on today. Go to Giants.com or your favorite podcast platforms. Check it out. If you're unable to listen to the show live, you could always listen to it at your convenience. Howard, good morning. Very good to see you once again as the team is out at the University of Arizona in Tucson this week preparing for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And from the looks of uh, that gray and chilly sky out there, you probably would rather be in Arizona. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's great to go away. I, I remember when we'd have two back-to-back West Coast trips, we'd stay out there, and it, it was always fun. So it, it's good to get a chance to get away right before the holidays, get some sun, you know, try to regroup, get a little change of scenery. Yeah, I remember yesterday in, in listening to some of the media veils, uh, there seems to be, well, not yesterday, actually, it was Monday because there were no media veils on Tuesday. There seems to be a thought that getting away would actually be helpful. I know Coach Judge said he thought that maybe bonding they might even do some kind of team bonding trip uh, after after uh, their work session. Maybe have, uh, I don't know what they could do. Uh, I know Coach Coughlin did the bowling that one time. Um, hey, look, whatever they've got to do to keep the team together, that's really the most important thing to do. Make sure this team doesn't splinter because when teams lose a lot of games, Howard, and you were on some teams that didn't do so well, mm-hmm. you don't want guys to start splintering off the roster. Yeah, I don't think that that, you know, I, I know that's what, you know, fans probably feel. But that's not really what happens. When when guys are not doing well, they get depressed, I think, more than anything else. That affects them. I don't think they splinter away from the team. I think the constant badgering of questions and people asking them what's going on and what, why aren't you playing better – when you don't have the athletes, you just don't have the athletes. And that, that happens a lot. In this case, I think the Giants have a lot of the athletes. They just they can't get their offensive line, quote, on the same page so they can uh, be more aggressive blocking uh, when it comes down to the run game. Uh, that That's hurt them a lot. Uh, what's also hurt them is not, you know, if you can't score points and you haven't been scoring points, you put a lot more pressure on your defense. The defense is playing pretty well, mind you. Yes. But you just got to be able to do it. And now with you know key players constantly being out of the game, and I do mean constantly being out of the game now, with the Daniel Jones thing happening, uh, you get Glennon in. Glennon gets banged up. Glennon may not be be available. Uh, you got Fromm, who was in here for a week, <laughs> who might have to be the guy. Uh, that's tough. Now that's not splintering. That's just that whole next man up thing. That's putting it to the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think to the extreme test is probably more like it. Well, let's start with that, Howard, before we get to our calls at 201-939-4513. Folks, we'll get to you in just a couple of minutes. I do want to address the quarterback situation with Howard. Uh, we know that Daniel Jones has gotten conflicting reports from some of the medical folks, and Joe Judge himself said that on Monday. They, they're dealing with a lot of different opinions, and they're trying to sort through that. So let's, for the moment, push him to the side and mm. assume that he's unavailable this week. Okay. Okay? Mike Lennon played last week, 
had some errant throws, but also made some good throws. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He tried to run the offense. Giants still had some difficulties running the ball and ultimately had problems scoring points. He suffers a concussion. They tell us after the game he's got a concussion and has Mm -hmm. to go to the protocol. Okay, fine. That leaves Jake Fromm, as you mentioned, a guy who was drafted in the fifth round by the Buffalo Bills out of Georgia last year, has not seen a regular season NFL snap and was plucked off the Bills practice squad last week as an emergency quarterback should they need him. At the moment, (laughs) it looks like he's the leading horse out of the barn to quarterback the Giants against the Chargers on Sunday. Now, I know he did some great things at Georgia. He played there all four years. Very experienced quarterback at the NCAA level. Even played in a national championship game as a freshman against Alabama, I do believe. Okay. So he's been involved in some real important games. He's been under the spotlight. He's been in a lot of pressure-packed situations. But this is now the National Football League. Okay. And he's being thrown in against a Chargers team that this past Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals, or I should say it looks like he'll be thrown in. Last Sunday, the Chargers decided to unleash a blitz like they have not done all season against Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Howard, I give you these numbers. 27 pressures, 11 quarterback hits by eight different players, including six sacks. Mm -hmm. That is going to be very hot kitchen in the pocket for Jake Fromm if he has to face this Chargers defense. Yes and no. I don't think they think they need to do all that. <laughs> I think you it think will, they'll just sit back. I don't. I think they're going to come after him and everything. I think that the, what the Giants have put on tape so far is that you can do a twist here, a twist there, maybe bring one extra person. Sometimes I don't think you have to do that much. You, they have two pretty good pass rushers out there uh, that can bring pressure, and that's that's a problem uh, in itself. I, I think that you know you playing Joe Burrow, you playing you know. Uh, the, the great receiver out there as well. You, you, you're playing Knicks. Chase. Yeah, and you're playing Knicks. You're trying to figure out how to get those guys off the field every time you get a chance. We're a team that's struggling to score. We're a team that's uh, struggling to, to in the red zone. We're a team that's struggling to get out of our so own way. So you don't think they'll go after from? I don't think they have to. I think that a lot of times, like I'm sure he'll like to hear that. Well, it's not. It's nothing against from or, or anything. It's just that I don't think that at, at any point. That you're going to have to like, why, you know, put the, unless you're just trying to get stats, you know, and then and if you just want to get stats and go after a guy, that that'd be the only reason to do it. But you know, I don't think that that's going to be their game plan. I think that was a needed game plan last week. I think and they put it out there on tape. So, hey, look, if they show it every week, if they need it again against a really good team, teams will be able to practice against it. So you don't show things every time. You you only show them when you have to have them, and if you don't have to have them. You leave them alone. Kind of like the Patriot game the other night. They threw the ball three times. The next time they play, I'm sure they're going to throw it more than three times. <laughs> so there's a lot of routes they didn't have to run. <laughs> a lot of combinations. It's like, okay, let's put everybody out here. It's like blowing at 40 miles an hour. We're going to run the ball. And it worked. If it hadn't worked, then you'd have saw more of their, their offense. Okay, so without needing to come heavy after from, that would prompt them in your mind to play more conservatively. 
It's not play more conservatively. Or go back to a normal type of defense that they were playing earlier in the year I without think, coming half I think heavy. That, I think that they – well, if it were me and if I was coaching against the Giants today, and, right. and this is exactly what I would do, I would work on a lot more of my base sets to get my guys great reps. Because okay. if you have a chance to play against a team that you believe is struggling – uh, you, you don't need to blitz them, then perfect all the things you're supposed to be good at basic. Mm-hmm. And that's what okay. you do. And you I can, see that. And, I and, see and, the logic there. Yeah, and you make a lot of play. That they believe they, they probably believe, and what we've what what the Giants have put on tape so far doesn't discourage someone from playing their basic stuff. It does not. Yeah, and getting getting reps and getting better at that stuff. You want to get better at the stuff that blitzes mean you're not getting home with your regular sets. Is that correct? Right. Right. Which is why you have to go to the high-risk, high-reward yeah. package. So what you want to do is you want to get your, your sets, your, your normal sets, as good as possible. And every time you get a chance to do it, you do it. You use whatever you have to use to get it done. And that's, what, and that's how well, if, if I'm, any coach would be doing it. Now, if you want to go ahead and blitz, go ahead and blitz. Now, here's the interesting part, Howard. When you look at this Chargers uh, defense, and we're just talking about philosophically, how do you think they'll play it? They are next to last in the NFL, giving up 141 rushing yards per game. And in fact, this season have had five games when they've given up at least 175 yards on the ground. Mm -hmm. They have truly been a Swiss cheese defense against the run. So one would think, wow, wouldn't that be great if you could just run the ball and literally bludgeon them and kind of, you know, take it to them that way. The mm-hmm. problem is the Giants haven't been able to run the ball all year, which really creates the dilemma of, wow, we know everybody can run against them, but the Giants haven't proven that they can run. They haven't proven they can run against anybody, including themselves. Like when they do have a good run, sometimes they they hold or whatever. So the, the Giants, while they're out in Arizona – team bonding or whatever, they're going to do a whole whole lot of self-evaluation because you have just time to yourself. There's probably no families there. There's nothing. It's just the guys. So in that And t- cactus. Yeah, and cactus. <laughs> but in that, in that time there, if it were me and I was a player, I'd be reviewing a lot of tape on me to see what I could be doing better, uh, even this late in the season, knowing that, oh, I don't have anything to prove or the season may be going wherever or people are looking at it as gone. Like, no. You can always get better. You always try to get better. Mm-hmm. If it's if I'm a coach, I'm looking at okay, why isn't this working? And I'd put together like notes and, and and clips and stuff and have and have everybody put things together for me so I can actually show. Hey, look, if the guard if the guard pulls, there's the hole right here. There is not a skip. There's not a hop. It's a foot in the ground, and you have to go this direction. And they're, you know, they're, they're going. The blocks are going to develop. It's not going to do anything. And I'm not being on Saquon or anybody. I'm just saying in general, when somebody pulls around, sometimes you don't see the the, the route, uh, the hold. I've heard that in conversation when we were on the when we were on the air. Like, oh, well, I think he should have. I'm like, I'm looking like, no, no, that's not how the play is designed. Mm-hmm. And you have to follow the blocking way the play is designed. Now, there are big plays when guys cut back against the play sometimes because people are overflowing. And, Tiki and, did that a lot. Yeah, and, you, and there's overflowing and everybody's saying, but, but when he was doing it, he was doing it if I was on the backside a lot. Because mm-hmm. if I was on the backside and the guy goes down to try to get to the whole play, he could mess around and get four people blocked because once they cut back, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what did I do? I'm like, if you get out of your lane, you know, you had guys that could catch you out of your lane and just mess you up, and that's that's what you need, uh, you know, and I'm hoping that Rudolph does that a little bit more. Uh, they, there are, there are, and they are playing an extra lineman at, at tight end a lot, 
which could also help, but it has to be done. But you got to, like I said, self-evaluation is constant when you're playing. When you're playing well, self-evaluate. When you're playing poorly, self-evaluate. All right, let's flip it to the other side quickly, and then we will get to the phone calls. Justin Herbert's having a terrific season. Many of your offensive categories, he's right up there amongst the top five quarterbacks in the league. Uh, they have scored over 40 points in two of their last three games. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that they have been an up-and-down team, they're only 7-5. and five. Mm-hmm. It's because they've had trouble on defense. They're scoring 26 points a game, but they're giving up 26 points a game. Mm-hmm. Understanding what Herbert is, and I know that uh, they've just put um, Allen, Keenan Allen on the COVID list, so that does change things a little bit for them, no question. But Austin Eckler... Mm-hmm has eight rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. That's 15 when you add them up. See, I did pass second grade math. Wow. Okay. Uh, And at the moment, he seems to be one of the, if not certainly the top three all-purpose backs in the league. They use him a lot like the Saints use Alvin Kamara, where he's a regular part of their offense. He's not just a check-down safety valve. They use this guy in the run game and in the pass game as part of their regular game plan. So he's a three-down back, basically. He really is. Yeah, so okay. He does it all. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a real good job. Yeah. So defensively, what would be your generic overall philosophy? You're going to pressure Herbert. You're going to play straight. You're going to play the shell that they've been playing a lot over the last month or so. How would you play it? I think the first thing you do when, when you're playing against a team like this is you, you destroy or stop, completely stop the run. If you completely stop the run and co- – create a one-dimensional moment for, for Herbert, you have a better shot against him. If they are able to run the ball, then play action becomes a problem. And he's good at that. Yeah, and all these other things become a problem, then you then you have a problem. You have to get to Eckler early. Uh, if you stop Eckler in the run game, you create an opportunity for you in the passing game. So I'd be very focused on my run fits. I'd be very focused on not losing the edge. I'd be very focused on, you know, not letting people like double team me up to the linebacker. I'd have the linebackers have good eyesight, make sure they're filling their holes so they can make that picket fence that should be in front of every every run game. And I'd, and I'd make sure I was doing that. I'd make sure that if you tackle him, it's not one guy with a hand on him, it's two guys with a hand on him at least. Everybody should be in tape when he's running the ball. It's like, it's almost basic, basic stuff. You stop him, then you make Herbert have to throw the ball. Then you, that changes the game because our defense has been playing pretty decent against the pass. They haven't given up, and I don't want to jinx them, but they haven't given up a lot of you know thirty and forty yard pass plays. Uh, they just they've been able to cover guys and, and get in the right place. Every once in a while, somebody will get loose, but they don't get loose deep down the field. They get loose in tighter spaces. I'll give you a couple of numbers here about Herbert, by the way. And if you do decide that you're going to be able to contain their run game and uh, you think you can effectively do that and force the game into Herbert's hands, he has thrown at least an interception in four straight games. He has been sacked 10 different times, uh, or should I say in 10 different games, he has been sacked at least twice. So you can get to him. He is somewhat mobile, but I think he's more escapable than he is mobile. Um, And he is tied for the fifth most interceptions in the league this year with 11. So... Despite the fact that he's extremely talented and very, very productive, he also has made his share of mistakes as well. And if you force the issue and take the run game away, that's the best chance to get him into mistake mode, which would obviously give you a better chance. I think that he's just played against some very good secondaries. 
I think no he, doubt. I think he's come up against some good secondaries. I, I think when we give stats and everything, uh, I like stats. I think they're important, but you have to like, you know, shape them with who you're playing against and what the situations were. And a lot of those interception games, those were games that that he, that the defense didn't hold up. And now all of a sudden, it's not a we can we can run the ball and do play action. Now we have to pass to try to stay in this game because it's getting away getting away from us. And when you're in those situations. You you know you risk it a little bit more. Guys get to him a little bit more. Their last four games, Howard, during which he has thrown at least one interception apiece, have been against the Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, and Bengals. Just yeah. to put it on the record. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I see the phones are now lighting up, so let's see if we can get to some of those callers. I've got to refresh my screen. And we see caller number one is Mike in California. Oh, You're first wow. on the program. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hey, Howard. Hey, Paul. Um, good to talk to you today. Thanks I for calling. You your, yeah. Well, I hope you brought your psychologist couch for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've called in and tried to stay positive. Um, cut Gettleman a lot of slack because injuries and unexpected retirements on the offensive line. Um, but watching Monday night's game with the Patriots winning offense, throwing you know three passes, and it just made me think that the Patriots have managed to maintain a quality offensive line for about 20 years since I've been paying attention. And um, you know, Gettleman, when he took over as GM, he said he was you know rebuilding the offensive line was job number one. And um, I just feel like. You know, he's been chasing the shiny offensive weapons instead of getting starters and offensive line depth that would fix the problem. And um, so I've just been, you know, having to look at at, uh, the drafts and whether or not, you know, we think he's going to be around next year and the state of the offensive line. And I kind of went back to the shiny offensive, uh, you know, shiny offensive uh, weapon thing and, you know, I figured Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham are are the best examples of that. So I went back and looked, you know, 2014 Odell's um, rookie season went for 1,305 yards. We were 6 and 10. He went for 1,450 in 2015. We were 6 and 10. 2018 Saquon's rookie season, he went for over 2,000 yards, right? 2028 combined, we were 5 and 11. So you know, as much as those guys are hard to resist when you're when you're drafting, you know, if you don't have a decent offensive line, which, by the way, you know, my biggest regret is what happened with the end of Eli's career because I think we could have had another Super Bowl or two if we kept a decent offensive line. But you know, I, I just think that it's it's proven. You know, you gotta you gotta resist the shiny offensive bauble, and you gotta build the offensive line. And and I just. Um, you know, it hasn't happened. Well, I, you know, I will say this, you know, I, and I understand what you're saying, and it, even all the way back to Eli, uh, it, it went to the point where not just the Giants but other teams, where you pay one guy a tremendous amount of money, then you start losing out on certain players. Like you start losing out on some linemen. You'll start losing out on maybe some defensive guys, and, and that just happens. Eli was one of the highest-paid players in the league for a while, and there was, you know, they were trying to build a line around him, and at the end of his career they just couldn't get it done. You know, and it wasn't Eli's fault. It's just the way the numbers kind of work out. 
now Eli's gone, and now you're still trying to put together that offensive line. And you, you've had a few draft picks. Uh, you know, Flowers didn't work out. Uh, he wanted to be a tackle no matter what. He goes down to Washington, and now he's a guard. Plays okay. You know, he plays much better as guard as he did at tackle. Uh, you got Andrew Thomas that that is a tackle that is playing you know really well, uh, and despite right. the fact of playing a year in COVID with no fans. But he's he's turned it on and, and playing hurt for the whole year, which I didn't know, and I, I keep telling people that that that's pretty good. Then you got to find guys like then that, like it kind of like. The other guys got to figure out a way. Like you had a couple guys when the season started, things were looking promising, and then like almost every last one of them got hurt. <laughs> so you have a lot of guys that are you know that were supposed to be backups that are that are in in the game that are trying to start and trying to learn their way. And, and in my mind, that's the best way for you to make money is that hey, look, this is my opportunity. I need to you know I need to perform well. Problem is that unfortunately you were probably a backup for a reason. So you're not, and that's no offense. Again, no offense to anybody on any line that's across the league. If you're not, if you're not the starter, you're the backup, and it's not because they want you to be the backup. They want you. They want everybody to be the starter if they could. They have that ability, but some guys just don't have that ability. So we have a team yeah. trying to build its way back into the offensive line world, and I think they're going to do it. I think they're like a couple picks away from having that line and one, and one agent. But, you know, it's going to take a lot of health. And, and I can't, and I still don't know how these guys stay healthy. I look down in Baltimore. Their entire team is on IR, it looks like. I look over in, uh, you know, in New Orleans, you got everybody, quarterbacks, everybody on IR. You just look around the league and there's so many injuries with these guys. And, I, you know, I, I don't know what the difference is from now. We're supposed to be playing safer and everything, but there's just more and more injuries. So it, when, yeah. it, when it starts to hit, it starts to hit a lot. Howard, I, I you know, I agree with everything you said. But here's, you know, I think uh, you, as you move forward, you've got to um, look back at, at your own choices, right? And you've got to reevaluate and you've got to come up with what you think is, is a, a better strategy if your strategy isn't succeeding. So I was excited as heck about Saquon Barkley. I own his jersey. Um, and, you know, I was excited by the pick and, and I, I was for it. But I look back now, and I figure that's draft capital that we should have traded down and we should have picked up talent where we needed it, offensive line. And this is where it comes down to. 100% right about injuries, and obviously we've been killed by injuries and unexpected retirements this year. That speaks to offensive line depth. And so until you've got um, you know, that depth, you know, I, I, I've just changed my philosophy. I, I just wouldn't. You know, if I had a chance to go back and do it, and if I had a chance to do it next year, I wouldn't draft the, the shiny offensive weapon until I believe that I have actually not only starting quality, but depth. And I go, I, I use my picks in that way. And I just think until you're there, and then you got to keep picking offensive line talent, you know, every year. you got to build depth and keep depth. And I, I just think Devontae Booker would be tearing it up pretty, uh, he'd be good. He would be. Um, we would he would be leading us to significantly more success as a team as we're experiencing now if we had used more picks on offensive line and less on you know Kadarius Tony and Saquon Barkley because those guys are great love them but you put them behind a, a bad offensive line and you just lose games so anyway that's I'll listen to the rest off the air but uh, 
Um, you know, I appreciate listening to you guys, and, and all I can say is my draft philosophy has changed, and I think if you look at the results, that's what we need from the GM. All right, then. Thanks so much for the phone call. Thanks for the call. So, so basically, he's saying that um, he just thinks that we should have been drafting linemen in, in, in those picks instead of receivers and running backs. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, especially when it was Odell's year, I don't know who, who was there. It was Zach Martin or somebody, I think. Was was that the same year? Or oh, my was, goodness. I don't even remember now. It was a long time ago. Here's what I will say, though, and I appreciate the caller's uh, reference to the Patriots game the other night where they ran the ball all but three times and compiled over 200 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. I must add to the caller that David Andrews has played 100% of their snaps this year. Isaiah Wynn, 85% of their snaps. Shaq Mason, 84% of their snaps. Ted Karras, 70% of their snaps. If you understand where I'm going here, their offensive line, uh, they've been mostly healthy all season long. And it really helps when you're able to get most of the snaps that you've played out of the same guys. It does. Uh, you know, and again, I understand what the caller's saying, but you know what? if we had everybody healthy... I'd have they'd have I'd have a legitimate you know gripe with what's going on, but like I don't understand. Like I said, I don't understand the health issue, and that's not just what our none team, of us do. That's not just what our team. That's what everybody's team. And I think that it's it's gonna somehow, some way, uh, not just here, but I think across the league, somebody's gonna make a change or figure out what everyone's doing together. That's that may be wrong. Uh, I know one thing that I've always harped on is like they don't have enough physical contact during the year. And it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't help them at all. We agree on that wholeheartedly. But, you know, it's kind of like learning. The, it's kind of like fighting without sparring. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's hard to do. So, uh, outside of that, I think for, for as far as the Giants go and draft, drafting somebody and trying to figure out who to draft and when, uh, most teams go with who's the best player on the board. If I was a GM, and and I'm not harping to be a GM, don't want to be a GM because I like golf too much. But if I was a GM. I would sit down with the coaching staff and I would go through the players together with the with, with the coaches and then I would say, Okay, like where do we need to grow? And where you know, because we want to get better. We want to get better a lot faster. Where do we need to grow? And then we start trying to map out a plan to how we're gonna get there. I wouldn't share the plan with everybody, I wouldn't talk about it with everybody. I'd try to keep my coaches intact so it wouldn't my plan wouldn't be going around the league, but I would literally do like they do in the NBA, you you see. You see a GM sit down with the, with the coaches and say, okay, where do we need to get better and why and how mm-hmm. and what, what will make it less, what, what fits your system, let's make your system work. And that's what you kind of have to do. For what it's worth, Howard, the Giants only have two offensive linemen who have played more than 65% of their snaps, uh, Nate Solder and Billy Price. That's no, it. But nobody wants to hear that. No, they don't, but okay. I'm telling them uh-huh. anyway. Okay. Because you know what? Not only do they not want to hear it, they probably didn't know it. Oh, they knew it. Well, I'm, I'm telling them what yeah. the facts are. Like I said, stats are great, but the stats and results are two different things. This is very true. Uh, 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We always thank you for your participation in the program. We will go out to Greg in Atlanta. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing, man? Hi, well, how, how are, are you, sir? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm, doing I'm, good. All right, I'm all right. Good to hear from you guys. 
I'm calling just to touch on the point that the first caller made. That was the reason I was calling. I listened to the podcast the last couple of days, and, you know, one day you guys went over our uh, our key picks, like first-round picks and our free agents and what have they produced. And listening to all of this, and then, like, yesterday I listened to you guys. I tried to call in, but I couldn't get through. But I listened to you guys talk about Justin Herbert. And I'm sitting here wondering, so first thing I did is went and looked. Uh, when when did Justin Herbert get drafted? He got drafted. I forgot what what number he was, but we was fourth in that draft, and we took Andrew Thomas in that draft. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, "Well, if if most GMs pick best player available, and the way that I heard everybody speak about Justin Herbert, even if we had Daniel Jones, I think that's kind of the problem with the Giants. We are not picking best player available, and and Dave Gettleman." to me, in my opinion, is doing a terrible job of building uh, depth because we are three, four years in, and we still are talking about our depth. We should not be talking about depth with a four-year GM. I don't get that. And if that's the case, then maybe he's not the guy for the job and he's not building the team right because there's no way that should be the last of our issues at this point. And just to make another real um, quick point, um, I, was, I was watching the Patriots game the other day. The Patriots picked up Judon. We needed a pass rusher. We picked up Galladay, but um, with the, uh, Hopkins went to Arizona. We, and, and it's so disappointing that when it's the best player in free agency, and I know they want money, but you've got to get one or two of those guys in some years. You can't always take the budget route. You've got to pay somebody. And when I look at the depth of our team, we are always taking second-class people and trying to make them to first-class people. DeAndre Hopkins is a bona fide first-class receiver. I feel like before we went and ventured into Galladay, we should have put, we should have been in that bidding war. If we were, I don't know if we were or not, but we should have made a legitimate, a, a legitimate run at him. And even I don't hate to call his name, but Julio Jones was a free agent. But give me somebody who's bona fide at their position when you when you're trying to build a, a team that that that's not doing well. And when I and the last thing I'm gonna say is when I look at it all, it's like if we were to fire Gettleman today and start building over. The one thing I'm disappointed about Gettleman is, is I can't look at no position on our team and say, well, at least he solidified the only one position. Maybe Andrew Thomas at left tackle, but. And that was huge. But that's, that's big. That, you, you don't you don't honestly believe that he helped rebuild this defense from the shambles that it was in? Oh, Paul, I'll give you credit for that, too. I if mean, that's the whole defense. Much, All three levels were rebuilt by Gettleman. He rebuilt the line, I, I he built the agree. secondary, and, and he built the linebackers, who, by the way, Blake Martinez was one of the best free agent signings of the year last season. That's right, and I agree with that. The loss of... The loss of Blake Martinez was a big hurt for us, and and, and he did do that. And but, but I could, you know, we all can find a way to criticize little points in it because even in building that line, I felt like every building that defense, we all felt like he probably shouldn't have got rid of the guy that played alongside, um, alongside uh, Williams in the you, trenches. You, the guy you, we you, lost. You can't pay everybody. 
I know, but we got to solidify some positions. And when I look at this team, not everything's a question mark. Every position. See, I, I, I think that this defense is certainly good enough. If the offense had been middle of the road, we wouldn't be in this pickle that we're in right now. We would be talking on this show about what are the Giants doing to try to solidify a, a wild card playoff seed. But that's not the way it is. This defense is certainly capable if they have had a decent offense on the other side of the ball. This defense is a playoff caliber defense. I, I agree with that. And, and, and Dave's responsible that. for that. Remember, he brought in Dexter Lawrence. He brought in uh, Leonard Williams. He brought in Blake Martinez, who's been hurt this year, but somehow they've still functioned. He drafted Ojolari, right? He he drafted uh, yeah. Xavier McKinney. He signed Logan yeah. Ryan. Oh, I love McKinney. He signed Bradbury. He signed Adoree Jackson. You know, a lot of these players, I think you're really happy that they got. Yeah, I, I am, Paul. I am. But it's so just, just to be I fair, look. just to be fair, Dave's made his mistakes, but he's also had a bunch of good hits, too. He had some good hits, but I just think he could have did better. It's just my opinion. When I look over, because I I know we can't do things in hindsight, but when I go back and look at the drafts and look at the players we got and the players that surround them, like two players, two picks above, two picks below, and I see the production that these guys got, some of our picks were butters. And we just got to be honest. Yeah, but I you, don't but, know but, if it's the but, coaching. Yeah, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Like you, you can go back That's to true. you pick guys and and you you pick them with the with the highest expectation that this is our guy. And then it's like it's like when uh, they drafted Daniel Jones and no one everybody wanted to draft Haskins or Hankins or what's yeah Haskins 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 was a was a was, was a what, I don't understand. By the way, I was in the minority. So, so. I thought Haskins would be a total bust, and I screamed from the top of the mountains, no, "Do not take this guy!" I didn't think. And, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be a bust. No, well, I, I thought, and most I, people did. They were like, "Oh, this guy's got to be the Giants. Better get Haskins." Well, you how, know, how would that again, have turned out? Again, that's one. That's one player, but there are other players that, that could have come along. That you know, it just again hindsight's twenty twenty. When you take a draft pick, regardless of of who he is or, or what what play you take him, you're hoping that he's going to live up to what you have him graded out as, and that's the hardest thing to do. You know what's really yeah, tough? We're not until until Tony can stay on the field and do what everybody thinks he's going to do. We won't know his true value. Ellison Smith is another guy who I think a lot of folks think could be a real pass-rushing project, but until he's on the field, how are we supposed to know? Yeah, yeah. I Have do a good day, my man. Appreciate guy. the call. Take Oh, take care. All right, Greg, please call again some other time. My theory is when, when I listen to people talk about the draft and what's, what's happening now, if we could have got this guy instead of this guy, it's all revisionist history. Like it is, well, like, yeah. Because like some, they, some it's all twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah, but some guys, when you draft, you're like, oh man, that's our guy. Like they were super excited to draft Saquon. Everybody said he's the greatest. Look at him. Look what he's doing. And now he's injured. And they're like, oh well, we should have drafted. We should have never right. drafted a back. Right. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. You weren't saying that. And by the way, on draft day, <laughs> think about this, Howard. All right, every year there are well, roughly mm-hmm. 32 first-round picks. There's always a supplemental in there or yeah. an extra pick or whatever. You know what I'm well, no, supplementals are later on in the draft. Mm-hmm. There are 32 first-round picks every year, unless somebody gets penalized one and they lose it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, and I don't even have to look it up, mm-hmm. I guarantee you that year in and year out, all 32 of those first-round picks do not hit. 
No. I, <laughs> okay? It, it has, they just again, don't. Again, I, I, I tell people this all the time. When you draft a guy, you have to kind of know what you're getting ahead of time. You know, you're depending on the coach telling you. You're depending on, you know, what you're kind of seeing on film. It, there's a lot to go with it. If it was easy, every single first-round pick would be a star. Every single one. Everybody be, be – the same thing with NBA. Same, yeah. thing, same thing with NBA. You see these guys get drafted, lottery picks, you never hear from them again. That's right. And there's a ton of those that you never hear from uh, again. It, I think that the mm-hmm. miss ratio is even higher in the NBA than the NFL. No. You don't think? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Not at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, we go back to the phones. Uh, line three, is this OG? OG. Is that is that really what this says, OG? Original gangster. Okay, my man. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. What's happening, Paul? What's happening, Howard? It's OG in D.C. How y'all doing? Oh, today? how you doing? Very good, very good. Hey, there man. you go. Look, look, happy, happy holidays. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, you too, you too. You know, now, first of all, before I even get to start, I just want to remind you two things. Number one, I've been a diehard since 76. All right. And I also want to say this before we get even close to the discussion, real quickly. Excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build monuments to nothing and bridges to nowhere. Those who use them sell them out to anything. Therefore, there are no excuses, excuses, excuses. I make no apologies when I tell you people used to say I was Jerry... Jerry Reese's nephew because I defended him so hard. <laughs> like, I cannot, cannot sit here and stomach praising a man after basically using his low-hanging fruit to get some picks that happened to, to show the, you know, their, their skill set. Honestly, Dave Gutterman, I, I, I really don't want to spend too much time on him, but, you know, he had low-hanging fruit all the time. Jerry Jones, we, didn't have, we always started at the 1450 miles. That's the difference when you go with 6 and 10 consistently. So let's not get a, a fourth pick in a, in a fourth number, first round fourth pick all excited like he did something great. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just it's almost impossible. I mean, the whole Saquon thing, I was one of those people that I didn't want to run him back. I love Saquon, but I just didn't feel like that was the thing to do, you know, in that position. But the biggest problem, I feel like, the growing you know, thing is this. What they cannot do to this fan and expect me to be a fan another day is this. Act like we don't have a problem at quarterback. You got three, four games where he needs to get on the field. And he's a show we do because if we're not sure, then we are sure that we need to bring somebody else in. If they try to force feed us from as a fan, that is the most disgusting, ill-advised thing to do. Honestly, I'm so yeah. OG, hold on. The, the hold medical on. people will tell you yeah. if those other two guys can play. So, this is so not up to the coach. The coach ain't got nothing to do no, with it. No, I'm cool with this year. I'm cool yeah, with this okay. year. I understand that. But let me tell you something. I, honestly, his whole, his, his whole background coming from college, all that racist stuff he was saying, like, why are we going to deal with that? I dealt with him with Kerry Collins. You know, we don't get other players for other things. That you know, especially when it's quarterback, like a, this, you know, even before Deshaun Watson had this unfortunate, you know, mess that he's all in, we bypass other players for other issues. Now you expect us to deal with that? Man, come on, come on! I honestly just don't do it, man. Listen, get through the year. I, I don't think. But I'm telling you, I, that's I don't a mistake. Think, I don't think they're. I don't think they're uh, building their house on. You know, no offense to. From, <laughs> but Listen, I don't. I, don't, I get it. But wait, I, wait. I get it. Just I hold on. Just I hold hope on. not. 
Just hold on, just hold on. I get you. I get you excited about it, but you know, I okay. I think it's a, a <laughs> I think it's, I think I think it's a useless conversation. And, and again, no offense to Trump, but he got picked up a week ago, and that means that that was desperation to pick somebody up at that moment. So that's not them putting the future behind him. That's them. We 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 just lost another one, kind of moment. So and I and I, no, I, I get it. Yeah, it's yeah. just I'm sensitive about the whole quarterback thing right yeah. now. Okay. So I'm like, who you know, did we you want to sign off like... the street? If I may ask, just to be kind to you, who did you want to sign off the street? Blake Bortles, because he was about the no, biggest no, name available. No, no, Paul. My thing is not this year, and honestly, it's not. I just don't want to be. I just don't think that's going to pacify us while we figure this quarterback thing out past this year. Like honestly, I I personally I've seen enough. But I'm letting everybody else see what I already knew from this kid coming out of Duke. But I'm telling you, we deserve to be sure. So if we can't use the excuse, oh, he didn't have the line, he was hurt, this, that, the other, no excuses. We better have a bona fide, you know, franchise quarterback starting next year. So he's got two, three games. Whenever he can come back, I'm praying that we get the answer. But if I figure if we don't have the answer, then we have the answer. So let me just go to a couple offensive players. All right, go ahead, real real quick, because we got other people on hold. Go ahead. Okay, real quick, you know, I mean, Slayton, I mean, you got to look like you want to win the game, man. We had a lot of opportunities. Very disappointing to see the lack of effort. Want to get you? I mean, I uh, I just don't even know where to start. We got to know what's going on with with Saquon with two. So I, you know, I'm just I'm extremely disappointed in his offense. But I really want to say this one last point is this. You can say what you want about the records with Eli, but you got to stop putting him as Daniel as the same breath because we knew we could score points with Eli. This this offense is I, – I won't even – I can't even call it an offense. But anyway, all I would just say is this. we got three more games. The quarterback is what makes everything better. It makes the players around and makes the linemen play better. It makes the skill players – it's called accountability. When we got a quarterback who knows what he's doing and actually can read defenses and stop staring people down, we'll probably look a lot better. Saquon let let Booker out playing behind the same line. He let Brian Godwin behind the same line. I can't help it if you keep Pitter Pat and all that stuff. We got to be sure because I, I believe this thing. Okay, I love this team. We deserve better. I appreciate y'all taking my call, but no, we got to be we got to be sure. So raise your hand if you're sure. Thank y'all. All, all right, my man. Have a good holiday. I love y'all. We'll Thanks. talk to you again. Uh-huh. You be well. You know what, though, Harrod? I love the fact that he's so passionate about his team and he cares about his team and he's been rooting for them since 76, the first year the Giants Stadium opened up right here in the Meadowlands. Uh, I love that. And and you know what? Whether or not I agree with some of what he said or disagree with some of what he said, that's fine because he was respectful about it. He made his case. And that's 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 wonderful. He didn't attack anybody. He didn't try to make us believe everything he believes. He just wanted to vent, and uh, that's a good fan. Well, you know, he basically said that he he wants to, he wants the team to be better. And he goes in. Who doesn't? Everybody does. He says, and he and he and, he's, and he named guys. And I won't go back and through his list. And he says, "Hey, listen, be better." And he goes, "Because if you're not better, then that's who you are." Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of the old Parcells thing, isn't it? <laughs> you mm-hmm. you kind of are what your record said you are. Yeah. So you kind of play. He kind of played the Parcells card a little bit, but I understand. All right, we go back to the phones. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Looks like we're going to go back to Tim from Charleston. You are next on the program. Hello. 
Hey, Paul and Howard, my weekly call on your show. Hi. Happy to be talking to you again. There you go. And Switch Howard, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've, you've, you've said it to me, you know, how optimistic I always am. Well, I got to say, they finally beat it out of me. <laughs> they finally beat it out of me. <laughs> now, now I'm, now I'm just, I'm not counting, I'm not counting wins, saying what's likely or what's possible. Now I'm just hoping we can get two and not have less wins than last year. Exactly. One. One thing I figured out is I figured out what all the fans who call in want for the perfect GM for our team. And it's somebody who's around at the end of the season in 2024 and can come back after seeing the three years previous results and draft based on that. And that would be perfect, but it's just not, like you said, Howard, you know, hindsight is easy. It's always easy in in our lives and in everything else we see. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, uh, just a couple of things. One quick, a uh, couple of quick items on the last game. Um, you know, I've heard of three step drops and five step drops and seven step drops, but on that sack that Glennon took, thirteen yard sack on first down, which is almost unheard of. He was in a shotgun, and I counted. I watched the replay mm-hmm. twice. He took an eleven step drop out of a shotgun, and just kept backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. How's he going to throw the ball if he's running backwards? He had, he had never gave himself a chance to even get rid of the ball. And and that, to me, at that point, I was like, oh, God, please. At that point, I started saying, please, bring it from. This game is over. Let's just see. So I'm hoping at least I'd just like to see something different, see some young kid with stars in his eyes, and, you know, and just and just let's – and hopefully he doesn't have, uh, you know, stars in his head at the end of the day from getting hit so much. But so that – I'd just like to see that. Um, and um, – the, the other thing, oh, the last thing I just want to say real quickly is, Paul, next week it's my birthday. I turn 60. I think maybe I'm catching up to you a little bit. Um, and, <laughs> wow. And, oh, and, you know Lance and, and John put him up to that, don't you? <laughs> Happy birthday. No, <laughs> no, but mention it to him. Um, and and there's, there's only one thing I want for my birthday, because other than a text from my daughter saying, Happy birthday, love you, Dad, I'm not going to get anything. So the only one thing I want for my birthday is for the Giants to beat the Cowboys. That would be the greatest birthday gift I could have this year. And as tough as it might be, that would give me a smile through the end of the season. And thank you, guys. I always love listening to you on my day. I listen every day, but I get to call in on my day off on Wednesdays. So thanks for putting up with me, and I'll, I'll be on every week from now on. All right. Be well. Thanks for calling. 201-939-4513. Uh, remember, you have a chance to secure your season tickets for the 2022 season uh, for only $100 to lock them in. Limited seats are available. You can speak to a Giants ticket rep now at 888-NYG-1925. You can also uh, rent out a suite at uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, get your family and friends over here and enjoy yourselves. Uh, and again, the ticket rep number is 888-NYG-1925. And finally, the Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at a greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself, get vaccinated, visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. Okay, we go back to the phone lines at 201-939-4513. Mike in Brooklyn, you're next on the program. Hello. What's up, Mike? Hey, Paul. Hey, Howard. How are you? Hi, we're doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm hearing some Gettleman uh, trashing and the truth. Um, 
I happen to I happen to have a high regard for the man. Um, I think Paula, you just you put it very well about the how he built this defense and how he did. You know that he you got Andrew Thomas, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Saquon, Kadarius. I might have did something different with Kadarius. You know, with um, maybe Slater if he was still available um, for the offensive line. But you know, twenty twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, the, the yeah. tough thing about the Tony deal is that they move down, they make the trade with Chicago, and they get the Bears' first-round pick in the spring. So to be frank with you, I almost don't even like talking about the value of that pick until they find out who the second first-round selection is going to be. You just read my mind because the next comment was going to be, he came out of his M.O. last year and shocked the world. I traded down twice and got amazing re- a value. I mean, he set us up for 2022 and got six quality draft picks um, that have all played this year on one of only three teams that have all the draft picks playing this year, and they're playing quite effectively. Um, Ojalari is doing having a, a, a great year for a rookie. Uh, I like Aaron Robinson a lot. I I, I just think it, it it's the offensive line, and we all know that. Um, Billy, yeah, Price you know, before cannot... you go any further, don't forget Quincy Roche is also a rookie. And I, I was going to mention him. People like I mean, He's you have fire. a lot to like there. That 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 guy can play. I love the bend around the ends. This guy's a big guy, and he gets so low. I I I, I like him. I like him a lot. And well, and, yeah. and who picked him up? Right? Yeah. Who grabbed yeah, him? Right? Who grabbed him off of waivers for nothing? He becomes a bonus member of this draft class because he's a and rookie. The, and the Steelers are saying, "Oh, what did we lose? We're five and what? Five and I don't know what their record is. Five, five and one, or they five, just six had to go one. make a trade to go get uh, Ingram a couple of weeks ago <laughs> because they were so short at outside linebacker. Do you think they'd rather have Roche back? They wouldn't have to give up anything so. for him. They, they, we are you know, thrilled. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's just give credit where credit's due. He's what we were missing around the edge. You know, he was exactly what we were missing around the edge for as an edge rusher. He he comes in, he gets he gets into the lineman, and then he then he 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 lowers himself. He just he's a, he's going to be a good ball player. I'm really really excited about his future. Um, the other uh, the other thing is, yeah, I, I can see. Um, between what the Bears are looking like now and what we're looking like, I'm not going to predict the next five games. I pray we're nine and eight and when this all ends. Okay, but um, besides that, we have a real good opportunity to be to to get a quality offensive line in there for next year. Um, I'm, I like Daniel Jones. I miss Eli and his availability badly because there's always one or two games that Daniel can't make and I'm not blaming him because I know he'd be there if he could um, but I I, I I just miss I miss the old days and I guess I, I miss the Howard Cross the Howard Cross blocking and the Howard Cross catching catching touchdown passes I miss I miss all that stuff but it's not coming back and all I can say is um Go Giants! Finish this season off with some pride, 
and uh, and go out and give all for Coach Judge because I think he deserves a, a little bit. I don't like. Uh, I'd like him to light a little bit of more more of a fire under his players, but he's going to do that in in the locker room. He's not going to do that out in the press room. So I respect the man. I respect the other man. I hope they have another season together because nobody deserves to draft the next class more than Gettleman after what he did to set it up. Thank and, you, guys. Thank you so much for the call, Mike. And that's really a, a very important part here. Remember, the Giants signed a slew of free agents this year and had to redo some deals, too, which are going to scrunch their cap in 2022. But as part of the strategy, Howard... What they did was compile extra draft choices in next year's draft, knowing that they were going to need an infusion of players. And they weren't going to be able to buy them in free agency because the cap would not allow them to. So, Gettleman went and compiled extra draft choices, figuring that will be the way to add players to this club. As it stands now, the Giants have five picks in the first 80 selections in April. Five in the first 80 Think about that for just a minute. That's a lot of picks. That's a lot of picks. But like I said, I'm, I'm trying to make sure everybody's like, you know, temper everybody's thing. There, there are no can't miss players. You know, I know we say they can't. They're they're out there. The Andrew Lux of the world, the Peyton Mannings of the world, the Jonathan Ogmans of the world. There are very few can't miss players because we don't we can't predict health. We can't predict, you know, mindset. We mm-hmm. can't predict a lot of things. And, and you just don't know. I wish there were. I wish there were like you know you know five in the first eighty picks that we could say they can't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there are five in the first eighty, the problem is nobody knows which five they are. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's a lot, you know, and 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 every year it gets a little a little, little more difficult to try to figure it out uh, with longevity, with you know the science behind uh, playing with uh, us. You got to love this game, and I know I think some guys do love it, and I think some guys are in it. Uh, just for a short time, because like, hey, look, I want to make some money, and this is going to be fun, and I, I'm doing what I can to get Mama a house or something like that, and then they get that spot. Then what do you do from there? Where's your motivation go? Mm-hmm. So you know, you we hope to draft players, and we hope to bring players in that want to be the best player at their position. Period. Howard, I'm glad you're here today because I do want to address one basically hot button issue that has been floating around the media, Mm -hmm. the fans, Mm -hmm. and social media now Mm -hmm. for the last several days. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you're here to address this. Uh Uh-oh. There are many coaching styles that have worked throughout the course of the National Football League. Mm. Now, today, we've discussed this. I think you and I have had this conversation. I know I've had this conversation with Bill Parcells himself and some of his former players. Mm. Bill Parcells could not coach today in 2021. His methods, his style... It would never, it would never pan out. You agree? He'd have to adapt. He, yeah, because yeah. what he, the way he did it, it would not fly. Well, it, again, what what was acceptable? Different, it, different league. It, just different era, like right. what, what was acceptable, like you, like all in the family couldn't be a TV show today. Correct. Right from like the jokes and stuff. Blazing Saddles wouldn't be a movie this year. So the point being, and why I just want you to address this in the next minute and a half that we still have on the show, mm-hmm. is that Joe Judge does not have to air his private laundry that he airs with his players at practice or in the locker room, in public, or at the podium when he's talking to the media. He has every right to keep that laundry inside if he wants to. 
And for those folks who are mad at him because he doesn't say it at the podium, basically tough cookies. He's the coach. He doesn't have to do that. I'm confused. Say what at at the podium? There are people out there in the media and in the fan base who want Joe Judge to start throwing players under the bus and inflame the situation by basically throwing a tantrum at the post-game press conferences and when he speaks to the media. But that doesn't win games. So who are the best coaches right now? There's one guy that throws a tantrum all the time. That's uh, Nick Saban. But he's not throwing a tantrum at his players. He's just crushing the media. (laughs) Calling what they say rat poison and all that kind of stuff. I love that. I thought it was great. And then you have – Belichick, I think he made a joke and laughed today. That was the first time in 25 years he smiled on, on, on any <laughs> press conference. You got Popovich, who never said a word about anything and makes fun of you for even talking to him. Yes, he does. And like these, some of the winningest coaches, they've never reacted well with the media. I think that, and this is me being in the media today, I think everybody should just realize something. Like the coach, the, the GM, the owners, the whatever, they're an organization. And their 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 fan base is their fan base, and they're trying to put the best product on the field for their fan base. The fan base seems to sometimes believe that they have some extraordinary rights, and that's what fanaticism is. And I and I appreciate it, mm-hmm. but I tell people all the time: you may be a fan of hot dogs, you may love them, enjoy them all summer long, but you don't want to go to a factory. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, sometimes. It may not be what you want to see. <laughs> so I tell people that, hey, look, I think that the NFL has done a great job marketing itself, but I think they give a little too much access. And people start to think, well, why are they doing that? I'm like, well, that's kind of how it's done. <laughs> so that's that's why we're looking at things now. That's why we don't have practice. That's why we don't, that's why we took pads off. Because, wow, that looks too hard. I would never do that. Well, that's not your job. <laughs> so, like I said, you might enjoy hot dogs, but remember, you don't want to go to a hot dog factory. So, fans, as you as we talk about these things, and I appreciate all your comments and try to get you off the couch. Just remember, don't go to the factory. <laughs> You've just ruined a whole bunch of lunches, Howard. <laughs> you know that, right? It's time for us to go. Howard Cross, it's always good to see you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week. Folks, thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants podcast platforms everywhere at Giants.com slash podcasts. Write the number down, 201-939-4513, or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We're here every weekday from 1230 p.m. to 1.30 in the afternoon to talk New York Giants football. So long, everybody.